We get it, motorcycles. You can't decide what you want to do. Shut Sorry, I live on a very busy road in London. What's poppin' y'all? Welcome to Post Finale. I am your host, Ankit Madeira. I'm an actor and a musician who hasn't seen a lot of films, so to keep my friends happy and potentially provide a new perspective on some popular films, I am on a quest to change that. I am not on this quest alone, however. This week, once again, I am joined by makeup artist from Sydney, Australia, Cheyenne Waters. Cheyenne, welcome back. How are you doing? Hello, I'm good. Good, how are you? I'm good. A lot has changed since we hit stop recording in the last episode and then started recording for this episode i'm a whole new person <laughs> i i really am i mean i've learned so much uh we had a lovely conversation about well multiple different things but yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we had a lovely conversation uh ironically enough without thinking about it we recorded that conversation so yay <laughs> But, wonderful. So, we're back. We're talking about Rocky Horror Picture Show. Last week, I asked you, how did you get into it? Now that you are a repeat mm -hmm. guest, I have another question for you. And it's, have you ever been in the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Or Rocky Horror Show, as I've been told that it is called. If it's just, like, the live action and it's not mm -hmm. the movie version. Have you ever been in it? Or... And if you have, who have you played? And if you haven't, if you were to be cast in it, who would you want to play? I've never been cast in, like, a shadow cast or in a musical. I have seen a friend be in a shadow cast, so that was, like, almost the correct one. But uh, I've only ever, like, dressed up to go see the live show. But if I was to be cast in it, uh... I feel like Magenta would be fun. Magenta or Columbia. But if it was like a shadow casting, I would totally do Frank. I reckon that could just be fun. Because like, a lot of the times when I see online, like TikToks and stuff like that, they'll normally have a gender bent Frank and it will be a female performing as Frank. I'm like, that's a great idea. That's fun. That I do think so much fun. I do think this one lends itself with the shadow casting, where it's very easy, like, anyone can play anybody. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, if it's, like, proper theatrical thing, I reckon I could do Magenta, that could be fun. But cool. shadow casting, I'd totally give Frank a go. Nice! Be great. <laughs> that sounds fun. Sounds like a good time. Mm. So, where we left off, we had just been introduced to Frankenfurter, and he just sang Sweet Transvestite, and has said that he is creating a man who is blonde and tan. So my prediction at the end of the last episode was that he's going to create a man who's blonde mm -hmm. and tan. I'm going to be very sad if that isn't true. <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> so we then get Riff Raff and the Redhead, who I still don't know her name at this point in the film. So we get the redhead, and they start to dry off Brad and Janet, and then they just start to undress them, and Brad's, Janet, like, is like, no, 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 and Brad's like, no, 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 play along for now, and then we'll pull out the aces when the time is right. What are your aces, Brad? <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you got up your sleeve? Apparently nothing, because they just pulled off your sleeve, and you have nothing. It's a metaphorical sleeve. <laughs> What's up the metaphorical sleeve? Aces. Aces. <laughs> I, I can just imagine that up his metaphorical sleeve, Brad just has all the aces, like the two of aces all the way to the ace of aces. Exactly. Like, that's it. He just has the aces. He doesn't have the rest of the deck. Like, he doesn't have any no, diamond parts or clubs. The just the aces. Yep. I would like to think that Brad has just, you know, the secret compartment in his boxer shorts where he has these cards. And actually, he's just like a master card thrower. Like, that's who he really is. And that's what he means by I'm going to pull out the aces when the time is right. 
He's a magician. Yeah. I really want this to be true. I know 100% it is not true, but I want it to be true. <laughs> want it to be funny. Just here. Ace of spades. <laughs> right? Right? Oh, lovely. So, anyway, I love that Brad is also trying to continue to introduce himself while the redhead just tries to yank off his sweater. So pure. And the Golden Blazer says you're very lucky to get invited up to Frank's laboratory. Some people would give their right arm for that privilege. What about a left arm? Is the left arm less useful? It depends if you're right-handed or left-handed, I guess. <laughs> but I do yeah. appreciate the physical comedy of her, of them putting their clothes onto her right arm. Yeah. I do like <laughs> that physical comedy. <laughs> It was it was good physical comedy, very well done. Physical comedy, very underrated, but very well done when it is well, very well received when it is well done. Yes, it can go sour real fast, very quickly. It's a very it, difficult form of comedy to mm -hmm. get a grasp of. So Janet asks if Frank is her husband, and Riff Raff says that the master isn't married, nor likely will be but that they are simply servants. So we head up to the lab. Yeah, I just don't like the way he drops a bottle of wine either. Like, what a waste. Oh, yeah, he does do that. I cried. It's like wasting a bottle of wine. Why? Why would you waste wine? Why would you waste a perfectly good bottle of wine? Like, he pours out a glass, tastes a swig, and then drops it. I'm like, just, just keep the bottle. <laughs> Hide it somewhere if you're not supposed to drink it. Don't break it. <laughs> right? Like, come on. You're telling me that he couldn't figure out how to hide alcohol? Or just drink the rest of it? <laughs> like, pass it around the elevator? That's, that's the easiest way to hide alcohol. Within you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then someone finds the empty bottle and it's like, why is it empty? I don't know. <laughs> Done! <laughs> um, kids, if any of you are listening to this, please don't take our advice. <laughs> yes, we are adults. We may not sound like it, but we are. I mean, I do, legally, I am. <laughs> yeah, legally, I am. Mentally, maybe not. It's a lot more fun to be a child. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, anyway, we're up in the lab. And we see Frankenfurter in a green dress with pearls and it looks like gloves on his hands. Behind, there is a red cloth draped with two giant points and a dip in the middle, and Frankenfurter is exactly in the center of this dip. I just really appreciated the mm. capture, the screen capture at that moment. Yeah. It, it lined up beautifully. For such a low-budget film, the cinematography is really good. <laughs> That's the word, cinematography. There we go. <laughs> I, I forgot what it was called. English. It's a hard language. Words are hard. Words are hard, I agree. Words are hard. <laughs> so, above, everyone is standing on this little platform and everyone's watching. And there are also like these marble statues that are like David. Just mm -hmm. marble statues. Cool. So, Frankenfurter gets handed a drink by Riff Raff. And... Frankenfurter tells Magenta, who is the redhead, and Columbia, who is the Golden Blazer. I finally know their names. I put together kind of who they were, but I wasn't sure. So now I'm sure. And he goes to assist Riff Raff. So they both go off, and Frankenfurter will entertain, offers his hand, and smiles wickedly. It says, Brad Majors and fiance Janet Weiss. I'm sorry, Weiss. And I was like, oh no, is this the start of them growing apart? Oh no, how terrible would that be if Brad gets to become free of this horrible, wicked human? <laughs> God, I hate her. You're basically correct. I mean, to be honest, I think that the start of them breaking apart was when she jumped off to go show her ring during Damn It, Janet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, this that's is a the moment. Up until that moment, I didn't mind her. I just found her slightly annoying. But I was also like, it's yeah. camp. This is fine. But the moment uh -huh. she just left him, and I know we talked about this last episode, but 
damn it, we're back. And the moment she left him and didn't even, like, give him a kiss, didn't even acknowledge that, like, hey, you just proposed and I'm over the moon that I get to marry you. There was no nothing. Just absolutely no regard for this poor human soul that has just tried to open up and give himself lovingly to his now fiance and she just doesn't care that's when i was like i'm done i hate her like she's she's horrible no that's exactly right i agree thoroughly i feel validated thank you (laughs) so i don't normally uh on these because i'm usually wrong about most of what i'm talking about or my guests are my friends and I love them to death, but they can never agree with me because that's not what friends do. <laughs> <laughs> See, this movie is strange in a way because, like, yeah, even though the people who love it love it for its weirdness, we also understand why people hate it. And we also understand why people get confused. And we're like, no, that's a valid point. <laughs> I'm very confused on what the plot is of this film. <laughs> All I've understood is that Brad and Janet are stuck in a castle and shit's happening. That's basically it. (laughs) So Frankenfurter is charming and says that they both have charming underclothes and then gives them something to wear so that they feel less vulnerable. How kind. Maybe don't have your guests trancing around in their undergarments. Or do, if you're Frankenfurter, I guess it works for you. I, I don't know. I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. Just maybe make good life choices. It's all I'm here to suggest. I don't know how to do that, though. So, you know, anyway. So not often do they get visitors, let alone do they offer up hospitality. So I was like, why did they offer up hospitality now? What's different? Did he just see them and was like, these are attractive people. Let them in. I don't know. We'll find out. He he still hasn't gotten a phone. Oh, yeah, no. uh, I've given up on Brad trying to get a phone. I feel really bad for him. Also, a satanic mechanic was never phoned or called or has been mentioned. No. But also, I will cut them some slack. In movie time, it's only been about five minutes. Like, in in time, it's only been about five minutes. Because pretty much, Frank and Furrier was like, come up to my lab. He went. Then they pretty much were forced to get undressed. Well, they were undressed. Yeah. And then they went up. So, like, in reality, like, maybe in, like, actual timetable, like, only about five minutes have passed? I think that's five minutes of the film, too. So, like, that is minute by minute play, really. It's about five minutes. And so, like, I'll cut them some slack on a satanic mechanic wasn't called. But, like, they've just completely ignored Brad's phone. Yes. So I've given up hope that Brad is getting a phone. (laughs) I don't he, think it's he's happening. not getting that phone call. Yeah, I don't think it's happening. So, Brad gets upset at this, and he's like, "Hospitality! All we wanted was to use your telephone. goddammit. it! A reasonable request, which you've chosen to ignore." Janet says, "Don't be ungrateful." And Brad's just like, "Ungrateful!" And I and he love Brad. His glasses off his face. <laughs> oh, so good, so good. Well done, Barry. Oh, oh, it was such a good scene. I loved it, and. Honestly, I'm here for it. I'm here for Brad having a backbone. Because he has been patient. Up for himself. And he has waited. And he has not tried to assume. He has tried to be welcoming and understanding. And been like, hey, like, you know what? When we came in and you suddenly started dancing and doing time warp. Like, who, like you know what? That just might be your way of welcoming us. I don't know. I don't know your culture. I'm not here to assume things. But I appreciate this. That, like, he's like, you know, we've been here for a bit. All I've asked for is a phone. I appreciate him having a backbone. Now, as we've established, he's not getting the phone, but I appreciate Brad having a backbone. So, Frankenfurter so just... sorry for him. I, I know, right? Oh, I feel so bad for him. He's not getting what he wants, and I feel bad for him. Like, he doesn't get love from Janet. He doesn't get the telephone that he wanted. Just things aren't going well for Brad. No. I hope they get better. So, Frankenfurter <laughs> smiles, says Brad is... Forceful and a perfect specimen of manhood, though dominant. And <laughs> it's just like this is met with sporadic gasping, and I'm like, 
It's not insulting to think that Brad could be dominant and a specimen of manhood. I mean, I understand why it's slightly silly based on what we've seen happen, but, like, it, there's a possibility. Not a high one, but a possibility. No, no, no. <laughs> it, it, a possibility is still a possibility, even if it is slim. <laughs> exactly. There is still a chance it just might be 0.0001%. Exactly. <laughs> so, anyway... Janet says that she is proud of Brad, and neither Brad nor Janet have any tattoos. I don't remember why this came up, but it came up and I wrote it down. Do you have any tattoos? Um, I have one homemade tattoo that Woo! Fred gave me. Nice. That's what a is it? A little love heart. I, you might be able to see it. Because it looks like a vein now. You know. <laughs> But, like, I think the tattoo thing came up because Richard O'Brien was like, oh, what's the provocative, like, what's the thing that is looked down upon in society? Which, at the time, was tattoos. Sure. Because um, we did the, um, they had the 50th anniversary of the stage show going around in a tour. Because I know they're doing it across the UK as well. Our Australian version just finished up and they had Richard O'Brien on as the narrator for a couple of the shows. So they had an interview with him uh-huh. and they said, well, what would you change about it if you were writing this like Rocky today? And he said, instead of tattoos, I'd say, would you have, do you have any piercings? So I think it was just okay. mainly what is looked down upon across society is the whole um, tattoo thing. Yeah, 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 definitely. Mm. Makes sense. The, cool. Yeah, I don't have any tattoos. I've thought about it. <laughs> Currently none. Don't see no, one coming in the say. future anytime soon. But I do appreciate tattoos. Some of them are really cool. Some of them are incredibly dumb, and I question what happens and why those people are allowed to, like, you know, function sometimes. See, mine's not bad. It's a little bit pathetic, but it's not bad. But that's only because we bought a tattoo gun off of eBay once. My ah. friend's like, let me tattoo you. And I'm like, sure, why not? He's like, I'll just do a love art. And I'm like, okay. And that's the story of my tattoo. Thank God it's, like, faded and it's only little, so it just looks like a vein. But there, I just have scars. <laughs> On my body. <laughs> Why? Because skin conditions. But, like, the extra bit just makes it all tie in together. <laughs> right? No, like, I have two... Well, one of them is, like, fading quite well now. Um, But that one's from 2018, so I guess that makes sense, because now that one's five years old, and it was a scar from yeah. cutting my hand. And then I have another one that's, like, on my other hand. That I got last year, I think. Pretty much both of them have come from just glass. Like the first one, I was at a pub during a World Cup match in 2018. Oh, that makes sense. And I was here and it was, I believe, England versus Sweden. And we went to a pub Uh. and to watch the match. And at the time, I didn't live in London, but I was here in London studying abroad. And... I remember, like, pretty much how it happened was, like, when they scored, everyone cheered, and then my hand got cut on some glass accidentally. And then the other one was I was literally polishing a wine glass at my old job, and as I was polishing, the wine glass just snapped in my hand and cut me. And I was like, well, okay. And I just went downstairs, got it, like, cleaned up, and then, like, went straight back to polishing wine glasses. Actually, no, I went and struggled to find a wine glass to replace the wine glass that just snapped in my hand because we could never have enough wine glasses in that place, you know, because the venue could seat 500 people, but we only had like 400 wine glasses because that makes logical sense. And then it would be our fault that there weren't wine glasses, even though we told them we don't have wine glasses. God, I'm so glad I don't work at that job anymore. Traumatic. (laughs) For anyone that's listening that knows me well in the last i would say two years because it's been a year since i've left that job so anyone that's known me like well in the last two years knows exactly what job i am talking about 
I will not reveal it on this podcast just by happenstance if someone's listening. But um, yeah, like you, anyone that like has interacted with me in any way, shape, or form closely for the last two years knows what job I'm talking about. Like oh. it was bad. Uh, I, I left just, the job, think, and I'm happier. I think just food jobs, whether it's being a waiter or like anything in a restaurant or fast food jobs are just horrendous. I genuinely just think they're bad jobs. Yeah. I hated working in fast food. Just a PSA before we get back to the podcast and actually talking about this film, because apparently we're talking about everything but Rocky Horror. But just a quick PSA. If you're going out and, like, you know, you're going to a restaurant or a bar or even a fast food joint, just be kind to your waiter. They deal with so much. Just be kind to them. Keep in mind they are handling your food and your drink. So, like, you know, if you're rude to them, they won't want to help you if there's an issue. And as someone who bartends... to any sort of job that is retail-esque. Because yeah. I, for my day job, I work in retail, and when customers are mean, don't want to serve you. I'm not and going I understand, to help you. And like, don't get me wrong, I've definitely gotten really annoyed before, and it happens. But like, you know, don't let it be the norm for you. Let it be yeah. an outlier when you get annoyed and you start yelling at someone. Like, that can be the outlier. Like, you know, it happens. Sometimes emotions get the best of you and you're annoyed and things aren't working. I get it. Like, life happens. And it happens to me and I've worked those jobs and I know how annoying that is. So, like, I get that. But, like, just generally try to be kind to the people who are working retail. Be nice. Just be, be, be a be kind nice person. the people that are trying to help you. Yeah. Nine um. times out of ten, they're trying to help you. Or, well, okay, let's rephrase this. Four times out of ten, they're trying to help you. And six times out of ten, they'll help you so that you can go away and they can proceed to not do anything. So either way, you're getting help. It's just like which version of do they actually feel good about their lives right now where they're actually being kind and helpful? Or do they just want to be kind and helpful so that you stop stop making them do work? Either way, you're getting help if you're kind to them. (laughs) It's funny because it's true. The sad accuracy of that statement. It's 100% accurate. Oh, that's funny. And I, I feel like that's good ratios. About 40% of the time you don't hate your job to where like, or you like the customer enough where they're just kind to you. So you're like, yeah, like I'll help you yeah. out. Like, don't worry about it. Like, I still hate my job, but like, I'll help you out because you're kind. And like, you know, you've been kind. Or... Yeah. You hit the other 60% where you're just done with your life and you're just like, I don't really care. I'm just going to do what they ask so that I don't have to deal with them. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's what we're talking about. So Riff Raff says that everything is ready and they merely await his word. And I was like, what are they going to do to Brad and Janet? So I made another prediction. Oh, no. Here we go. Oh, here so- we go. <laughs> So Frankenfurter will try to change Brad and Janet to get them to be like him. Gender fluid, sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. He will succeed in getting them both to become part of his gang somehow. Dr. Everett V. Scott will find out and then he tries to help Brad and Janet. But he's able to get them away from the castle. However, the damage is done and Brad and Janet don't get married because they have found a new meaning of love and all of this he also, what my thought is here is that he's going to change Brad to be that male that has blonde hair and a tan, is my guess. Because Brad is See, not currently... Part that, what? Part of that is correct. Most of it's wrong, but part of it's correct. I don't know which part is true or not, so... Um... <laughs> we gotta wait. <laughs> oh, Okay. So, Frankenfurter goes to the microphone, and he starts giving a speech. Uh Tonight, by unconventional conventionalists, 
They are about to witness a new breakthrough in biochemical research. Paradise is to be his, and it is strange how it happened. Suddenly, you get a break, and all the pieces just fit. And what a sucker you've been, a fool. The answer was there all the time, and it took a small accident to make it happen. An accident. And he's very upset that it took an accident. And Magenta and Columbia have to calm him down. And he was like, the accident is how he found the elusive ingredient, the spark that is the breath of life. And he has the knowledge, holds the secret of life itself. And I was just like distracted and like, you know, great speech and all. Fantastic. We'll get to that in a second. But like, oh my goodness, the makeup and the eye contact by Tim Curry during this speech. Mwah, fantastic. It's, it's really well shot. Especially this being Tim's first movie. So this is Tim's first really movie. Good. Yes. Let's go, Tim. That's why the whole the whole internet meme of it being like, you can really judge a person by what Tim Curry movie they know him from. That's where it comes in really well, because like, if they know him from Rocky Horror, that's really quite a high standard, because that was his first film. Be like, wow, he did so well for his first film. It's great. Yeah, I um, I don't know him from Rocky Horror. And actually, neither do I. What do you know him like, from? <laughs> the Wild Thornberries and Home Alone Two. <laughs> ah, okay, I was right. Um, yeah, I also know him from Home Alone Two. But like, the the, the interest in him as an actor probably really started when I saw Rookie Horror, but I knew him from Home Alone 2 and The Thorn Breeze, because I really loved The Thorn Breeze as a kid. I have no idea what that is, so, uh, yeah! It was like, it was like the, um, the sister show to Rugrats. Sure. Why not? You don't know Rugrats either. No, I know Rugrats. I just have no idea what the sister it, show is. It's kind of like the sister show to that. It was like, it was almost the same. I think they did like a crossover thing. Okay. But he played the dad and the granddad in it, and it was really good. Sure. I just know him as the angry hotel guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Such a good movie. With just a it horrible a cameo movie. in it. I prefer the second one to the first one. I watched the second one before the first one. Because mm. they both I they both came out like when, when when did Home Alone 2 come out? Um This is what we're talking about now. So Home Alone 2 came out in 92, which was like before my parents even moved to the US. This was a year mm. after my parents got like got married. My sister wasn't even born and she's older than me. <laughs> like, so, I'm pretty sure I just watched it because it showed up on the cable one day. Like, it was just, like, yeah. on, it was, like, Home Alone 2 was on ABC one day or something. <laughs> so, yeah. like, it was, like, on ABC Family, and, like, I was like, ah, I guess I'm watching this. And so, like, I did watch the second one before the first one. <laughs> I'm, I know I've watched the first one first, but yeah. I prefer the second one. Sure. It's, it's the same as the Garfield movies, which Tim is also in. He's in the second one of the Garfield films. And I prefer the second one to that as well. Okay, so remember how last episode... Tim Curry thing. Yeah, remember how last episode we went on a huge tangent on Clifford the Big Red Dog? It now almost turned into Garfield me one? watching the Garfield movies. Because I also <laughs> saw those and I was very intrigued, but I decided against it. And I decided to go with Clifford. We don't need to go down that rabbit hole again, though. <laughs> we do go down the Garfield ones later, because Garfield films are so good. I've never seen them, so I, do I don't know anything about Garfield. Uh, you should watch them. Okay, I have seen some Garfield things, but I don't think I've seen the Garfield movies that have Tim Curry in it. Well, it's only the second one that has him in it. Well, then I might have seen the first one. I don't actually know what I've seen of Garfield and what I haven't. I think the Garfield that I've watched was, like, fully animated. Yeah, no, this one's, like, pop, like live action. Okay. Has Jennifer Love in it? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> the second one's good, though. Yeah. Again, I think I'm just partial and biased. 
because my brain's like, oh, I recognize that voice and that being Tim Curry. Didn't realize it as a kid, but now as an adult, I'm like, oh, that's probably why I like it. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So, anyway, his whole speech of accidents and accidents being the thing that, like, just helps you, it's very accurate. Like, there are so many instances where, like, it's just an accident and it's the smallest thing. Like, I feel it a lot when I'm songwriting and stuff where I'm like, sure. okay, I've been stuck with the same chorus for, like, six months and I have nothing to go with it. I'm like, I have a hook and that's it. And I'll just be, like, really annoyed and then, like, randomly I'll be, like, sitting on a tube or, like, walking down a street and I'll be like, oh, my God, it makes sense. And it's like... You know, just a random Tuesday where it's like I'm off, like just picking up groceries or something, and then it's just like, no, no, you know everything now, and I'm like, I hate life sometimes, where I just have to like sit there with like a song lyric for like six months and just be like, I don't know what I'm doing with this. Sounds very McCartney of you. <laughs> I legitimately like I'll write something and then I'll just sit there with it and I'll be like, it'll come to me eventually, and then sometimes it does, and sometimes I send it off to one of my friends and I'm like, oi, I have this. Can you do anything with it? Because, uh, I've got nothing. <laughs> so, anyway, the clapping continues until Frankenfurter cuts them off. And then Frankenfurter continues. They are fortunate for tonight is the night. His beautiful creation is destined to be born. So, Frankenstein. And Magenta and Columbia pull the red cloth, revealing a clear tank filled with water and a mummy inside of it. So... I'm already wrong. He's not turning Brad into the man with the tan and blonde hair. But yeah, I oh, hopefully it's still a man with blonde hair and a tan. So Frankenfurter then throws on the switches on the sonic oscillator, steps up to the reactor input three more points, and then the whole machine is flashing and smoking. The light starts to come down. Janet is scared. Brad is saying that he, it's all right. Janet, what a coward. Also, Brad, what else would you say in this situation other than it's all right? Other than shut up, Janet. I'm trying to watch creation happen. So this is the only other valid thing that he could have said. So Frankenfurter then with a maniacal laugh as the machine descends down. There's a bunch of valves with liquid inside and Frankenfurter's opening a bunch of them, letting them change the water in the tank. He's very much enjoying turning on those knobs. It's more confusion than enjoyment because um, it's meant to be like the rainbow and it's meant to fill up in succession, but they moved the colours around on Tim without telling him, so it was more confusion because he had to get it in a specific order, but the actual valves weren't in the order that they were meant to be in. Yeah, that's funny. That's fantastic. I love that. I like that they didn't tell Tim either. They were like, hey, it needs to be in this order. And he's like, got it. And then he gets there and it's like, oh, no. But I also appreciate that Tim was like, no, no, it'll be fine. I can still do it. I just have to find each color now. And it's funnier. And I love it. And you can really see, like, the cogs turning in his head. Like, oh, no, what's the next color? Yeah. I feel like he's legitimately just going through Roy G. Biv in his head. He's like, red, okay, Roy, uh, red, um, orange, 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 all right, that one's orange. And he's like, okay, um, 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 green, um, uh, no, wait, not green, uh, yellow. And like, just. <laughs> That's exactly it. But also, I heard this recently. Did you know that they got rid of, I think it was indigo in the rainbow? It's. I did not hear this, but why? I don't know, but it annoys me. Like, see, that's really strange. Because as a makeup artist, we learned the color wheel and, like, colors. Like, how they get it? So, Frankenfurter asks Brad and Janet what they think of him. Janet doesn't like men with too many muscles. Frankenfurter's like, I didn't make him for you. I love it. Way to go, Frankenfurter. I love this. Let's go. He carries... It is a really good line. It is a fantastic line, and the delivery is great. I mean, like, oh. I mean, it's it's the simple thing of, like, you know, you made dinner. Someone walks in and is like, oh, this looks great, and then eats your dinner. It's like, I didn't make it for you. Go away! But I will say, Frankenfurter, it's a bit on you. You did ask for their opinion. Yeah. 
And I can't get too mad at Janet because she did just give you her opinion. I don't like Janet. He can't get mad at Janet and he can't get mad at Columbia either because she's just giving him his her opinion as well. <laughs> like, nah, okay. but like, I get it. I get it. Like, Columbia's meant to be helping. Like, her job is to, like, boost the ego of the boss. <laughs> but maybe, maybe she's yeah. the one helper that brings the ego down. I don't know. Yeah, he's, she's keeping him leveled, mellow. Oh, yeah, because this is mellow. Humble. <laughs> oh, yeah, because this is humble. <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> so, Frankenfurter pulls another red cloth away, revealing dumbbells made of ice? Question mark? Um, I always thought they were made of candy because it was red and white. Like okay. a candy cane. Sure. But he also. I may be wrong. Like, has the Charles Atlas seal of approval? Is this a thing? What is this? Yes. It's it's an ad. It was like a um muscle man, like, kind of like a Jenny Craig or like a Weight Watchers thing. And it was an ad on the back of a magazine that said, Charles Atlas, I uh, in se- just seven days, I can make you a man. And Richard O'Brien saw it on the back of a magazine or a newspaper, and he's like, that could be a song. So I that's where that came from. Well done, Richard. Well done. So yeah. Frankenfurter sings about how soon Rocky will work for his cause, and it'll make him glisten and glean. And Frankenfurter is very turned on. He's like, you will be a very strong man. And Frankenfurter just keeps singing. Pulls out another gift, a horse, like yeah. a gymnastics horse, not a not a nay horse, um, not <laughs> not a nay, not a nay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's apparently how you describe a horse, nay. <laughs> that really tickled me. That was good. I got you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that was a bad joke. Okay, moving on. So. He pulls out a gymnastics horse for some reason. And the camp level is just amazing. And I just wanted to point out, I love how all out Tim Curry is going. Way to go. I love it. Fantastic. I see why people love Tim Curry in this movie. He's great. Yeah. So just then, a deep freeze alarm goes off. And the door Frankenfurter and Rocky are standing next to starts to open And before we find out what's going on, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll find out why this door is suddenly opening. But we don't know yet. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the intermission. I hope you're all enjoying this episode of Post Finale as we continue going through the Rocky Horror Picture Show with Cheyenne Waters and learning more about Dr. Frankenfurter and all of his wacky plans and what seems to be happening over there with Dr. Frankenfurter in his lovely little castle and Rocky and all of that. Oh, boy, it's a lot. But before we get back into it, if you would like to... Follow the show and learn more about some of the changes that are coming to this show. Don't worry, they're all going to be good for you, the listeners. Just more opportunities on ways to listen to the show and see the show. Be sure to follow us on social media at Post Finale Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I will be posting very soon about some of these changes up on those platforms so be sure go give us a follow at post finale pod on any of those platforms and if you are enjoying the show and want to help out the show it really does help if you just reach out to friends word of mouth is the best of ways to help improve this show and help grow this show just reach out and be like hey you love movies or i know you want to watch more movies and need an excuse to do so check out this new podcast an actor watches them and he doesn't know anything and it's all funny and silly and all in good fun. I think you would enjoy it. And it really does mean a lot to me. Thank you to anyone who has done this already. Anyone who will do this in the future. It really, really does mean a lot to me. And thank you for doing this. And for now, let's get Back to the episode and finding out more about these antics that Dr. Frankenfurter seems to be getting into.
So we're back. And <laughs> Columbia yells, Eddie. And I was like, I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark. It's Eddie. Also, brilliant observation skills. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I, I have a master's degree. Uh, this is what I've learned. Um, also, on the observation skills, why is there a door there? <laughs> no. <laughs> this actually becomes an issue further on, and probably your second guest might talk about it. I don't know. It's an issue. Then, I mm, have an issue with this door in about uh, a minute and a half. <laughs> there's not a door that leads into that room. That's the only door and it leads to a freezer. <laughs> yeah, that's my issue with this door. We'll get to it. But like, what the hell? Um, Eddie comes barreling in, breaking the wall on his motorcycle. Also, just a quick shout out. Rest in peace to Meatloaf. Great singing voice. Fantastic. Fun mm -hmm. dude. So, he seems to be playing sax in a rock and roll band, and he is, you know, going around singing a lot and dancing a lot about rock and roll and how he's gonna play, and I'm like, well, where's the playing? Where's the sax solo? Oh, there's the sax solo. And let me just say, mm -hmm. great sax solo. Yeah, fabulous a sax solo. Legitimately solid sax solo. <laughs> Yeah, the music's really good. <laughs> yeah, and as someone who grew up playing in jazz bands, I've heard a lot of bad ones. This was yeah. a good one. <laughs> well, yeah, he's a musician. Kind of makes sense. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I am glad that the musician got like a good music song. Like this is legitimately a fun song. I didn't write down any of the lyrics because yeah. none of them seemed very pertinent to what was happening in this plot. Um, no. Again, I'm still slightly confused on what the plot was, but like this just seemed like a fun song for Eddie, and I was like, I'm here for it. I like Eddie. Yeah. He's a good guy. He seems like a fun time, and he seems like he can mm -hmm. really do well on a saxophone. So like, you know. And for hey. the second half, just keep note on the cut on his forehead because that will come into play later in the film. Okay. So there doesn't mm -hmm. seem to be a lot of plot, as I was saying. Um, other than the only yeah. plot-relevant thing in this song is that Eddie and Columbia are a thing, and it's Eddie's introduction. Yeah. So yeah. Frankenfurter doesn't look very happy with him, though, and he locks Rocky in the lift, and then Eddie starts yeah. driving Rocky. his motorcycle on the ramp, causing everyone to scatter and run. I'm here for it. Let's go, Eddie. Create some chaos. Let's go. I'm I, I'm here for chaos. I really enjoy chaos. Uh, like chaos is fun. <laughs> look, I mean, I have a fantasy football group chat with some friends, and I started a conversation. Then two of them started like really going at it, and then I was just like, chaos. <laughs> I was just here for the ride. <laughs> like I don't remember what the conversation was, but I was just like chaos. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you for joining the chat. Look, chaos is fun when it's controlled. When it's, like, in burst. Yes. Not I, I ideal for... It's not hurting anybody. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> it wasn't hurting anyone. It was just a chaotic argument. <laughs> exactly. Through... That, there's a difference. Through Facebook Messenger. Which is already chaos. Yeah. Look, you add ten people to a Facebook Messenger group chat. Like, that's gonna be chaotic. No matter what. And then you throw in yeah. that we're fighting each other in fantasy sports world where nothing that we can actually do has any control mm. over the outcome of the game. Yeah. Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, again, fun in a controlled environment. So, yes. <laughs> yes. What were we even talking about? Eddie, chaos. Yes, uh, as you can see, chaos. <laughs> so... Frankenfurter goes to where Eddie burst out from. This is where I had the big gripe, because this is where I could see it. There's not even an outdoors. Was he just in the freezer the whole time? How did he get in there? Why was he in there? There are so many questions that are just left unanswered. That will be answered later in the film. Okay, fine. We'll move on. I'm annoyed. <laughs> Why is there a door? It shouldn't be there. It doesn't make any sense, but I'll take it gets answered later. I guess. What annoys me though is like you 
locks Baraki because he's dancing, and then as he goes into the freezer, like he, he like Magenta and Riffraff have to be pushed out of the freezer because they're in there dancing. Like, let people have fun. <laughs> Frankenfurter seems like you can have fun, but only on my. I have to yeah. okay the fun. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's not how fun should be. No. <laughs> you can have fun without having to be okay for fun. So, the song is over, and Frankenfurter now has a pickaxe and is uh-huh. wielding it against Eddie. He chases Eddie. Everyone is screaming. And then we see a trail of blood as Frankenfurter walks out of, I guess, like this freezer vault thingamabob. And he's very picky with his friends. Yeah. Magenta walks <laughs> over, takes off the bloody gloves. Rocky bangs on the lift gate to get out. Frankenfurter goes over to save him. I'm sorry, is Eddie dead? Is that uh-huh. the end of Eddie? What the fuck? Basically. What the hell? <laughs> Yeah, he was fun. He was different, and he only lasted like three minutes. <laughs> he lasted the length of a great song and a good sax solo. Yeah, and that's it. You know, Eddie had a lovely life. He emerged from a freezer vault that has no business of being there. He then proceeded to sing a fantastic song, produce a great solo, create some chaos, and then was murdered. Uh huh. It's a great story arc. <laughs> Good story arc, Eddie. You're doing great. Just, uh, can we have a three-second silence for Eddie? Yeah, I don't even know if that was three seconds. That was long enough. Right, moving on. So, <laughs> so Frankenfurter has released Rocky and tells him not to be upset and that it was a mercy killing. And he had a naive charm but no muscle. And then Rocky flexes because he heard the word muscle. And Frankenfurter is turned on. We move. We forget about Eddie. Eddie's just meh. Fine. We get a reprise of the song, I Can Make a Man Out of You. No, no, no. That's Mulan. That's Mulan. Um, you were sorry. so close. Wrong song. Wrong song. Um, <laughs> fantastic film. I've heard the remake is terrible. I don't plan on watching the remake because they got rid of my favorite character, Mushu. I've already had this discussion. But like... Mushu? Yeah! The live action got rid of Mushu! Oh, get fucked. That's so bad. I agree. Mushu was the only redeem. Actually, Mushu wasn't the only redeeming thing about that movie, but like Mushu was a big part of that movie. That's like they're getting rid of human again in Beauty and the Beast. That's the whole point of the movie. And they got rid of the song. They got rid of what? Human again. Oh, in Beauty yeah. and the Beast. Yeah, yeah, but, but they that's added. Bad. But, that's the entire point of the movie. But they added Evermore. Yeah, but a human against the whole plot. What are they trying to do? Become human again? Why get rid of the song? You know, I think we're noticing some things. Did remake makes a shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Just specifically Disney ones. The uh, the closest remake from Disney that I have enjoyed. Nope. Nope. No. Yeah. No, I have a gripe with almost every single remake that has been made so far. I mean, some of them I haven't seen. So my gripe might be, like, fixed if I watch it, but, like, I, don't, I, I, I have a gripe. At least before I watch it. So sad they got rid of Mushu, though, because I haven't seen the Mulan remake yet. I haven't seen it, but I know that they got rid of Mushu. I've heard... I have heard that the Little Mermaid remake that just came out was done very well. My gripe yeah, that with... doesn't look bad. No, it legitimately looks good. Um, my only gripe with mm. it is what have they done to my boy Flounder? I saw a picture, and, like, Flounder used to be this cute little puffer, like, you know, just cute little fat fish, and now he's, like, a fish that, like, did one too many lines of cocaine. Like, don't get me wrong, he still might be adorable in the film. I haven't seen it, right? So, like, he could still work, but this is my gripe with the movie before I've seen it. I haven't seen it. I will say that. (laughs) So sad. 
But like, what happened to Flounder? He he was thriving. You'd think with all the technology people have these days to make films, that if they're going to make a remake of an animated film, they'd at least keep the fish sort of looking like the animated version of the fish. Nope, 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 nope. It's a fish that has done <laughs> way too much cocaine. Into like a crack and I fish. might and I might so be crappy. wrong. I might be wrong on the drug of choice. I don't I'm I'm not very well versed in the dr- like what different drugs do to you. So I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it looks like cocaine. It might be heroin or something. I don't I don't really know. But like it looks like it's done one too many drugs. <laughs> Yeah, it could be really anything, but that's just so sad. Yeah. <laughs> they got to stop ruining childhood things. Mm-hmm. We've discovered this on this podcast. Yeah. They ruined Clifford. They ruined Disney. Well, okay, they didn't ruin Clifford. I just, like, was like, this is, why am I watching, why am I wasting my time watching this film? But, like, honestly, it, like, for a kid, not a terrible film if you're, like, a five-year-old watching that film. But when you're a yeah, 25 year old watching that film, you're like, why? Yeah, but the thing is, we grew up with the original Clifford, so we know what standards are. <laughs> we have standards. Five year olds don't. They're five. They don't and know what friends. standards are yet. <laughs> five year olds are like a sponge, they'll take in anything. Yeah. They really will. They really, really will. But, yeah. Oh, well, that's going to be fun. Okay. So anyway, we went on that whole tangent, and uh, it was solely because I m- misread my uh, thing. But we get a reprise of I Can Make You a Man. That, that's there the, we go. That's what the song's <laughs> called. We got there. And Janet joins in the singing this time and just goes, I'm a muscle fan. Everyone's yep. very confused, especially Brad, who's holding the saxophone of Dead Eddie. And honestly... Brad just needs a little bit of love. Brad needs therapy. <laughs> Brad, I feel so bad for you, buddy. Like, I feel bad for him. Jenna is the worst. I hate her so much. She has done nothing good for Brad this entire film, and I'm halfway through. <laughs> and she doesn't get much better. Oh no! I think she gets worse. Oh no! <laughs> I don't have high hopes for this. I mean, don't get me wrong. Just I got it. Look, I, I, I feel like Brad just needs a hug. He just needs a loving hug. And what makes this funnier is that I have one of my closest friends is named Brad. So whenever I think Brad needs a hug, I'm just like, oh, my friend Brad needs a hug. In reality, it's the Brad from this. I mean, that, Brad, you might need a hug too. I don't know. I I hope you're listening. Hi. Um, but like, he he might need a hug as well. But like, you know. But it it always does throw me for a loop because like in my head, I have now these two Brads in my head. So whenever I say the name Brad, I see Barry Boswick as Brad in Rocky Horror Picture Show because that's what I'm talking about. But at the same time, like, faded in the background, I have my friend Brad, and it's like this weird mixture of the two, and I'm like, oh, Brad just needs some love. I should text him and see how he's doing. (laughs) It's like, are you okay, Dave? Like, what are you doing, Brad? Look, it's been been a while. I'll shoot him a text after we're done recording and see how that guy's doing. I think you should. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brad, if you're listening to this in the future, um... I, I I did text you on this day <laughs> that we recorded. So, anyway, we're almost there. So, we continue through, continuing on. Um, it's apparently in just seven days, I can make you a man. Sure. I don't yeah. know how you can make someone a man in seven days, but, like, go for it. I'm here to witness. <laughs> Part of me's like, uh, I've always been confused on this bit. Because is he talking that's how long it took him to grow Rocky? Or is it from when Rocky's born and seven days from that? I'm going to go with growing Rocky. Because Rocky looks... Let's put it this way. 
If Rocky isn't currently a man, I don't know what you would classify him as. As them? Well, if like a them or nice like. Th- yes, like a, a they How them. They even have a belly button. Wait, what? Why be Did I watch this? What? Hold on, hold on. Okay, go back to the first version of I Can Make You a Man. When Frank runs his finger down Rocky's chest, Rocky, like, the actor's belly button has been, like, waxed over because he technically wasn't born. He was created, so he doesn't have a belly button. Oh, my he didn't God, I just book. pulled up a picture, and you were right. I know I'm right. I've watched the film. Well, I mean, like, I, I had complete faith that you were right. Um, I had zero reason to doubt you, but, like, oh. Oh. Yeah. He technically doesn't have an umbilical cord because he wasn't born. So he can't possibly have a belly button. Can I just say, well done for continuity and not even continuity well done to like costume and makeup and everything to like realize that costume and makeup is great for that like (laughs) really well done to the costume and makeup team i read all of your names and probably mispronounced many of them in the last episode um but (laughs) um very well done to all of you who did that yeah that's that's really cool that's a really cool tidbit that i never put together but so we then get a wedding profession- processional, and Frankenfurter and Rocky, they go to get married. The curtains get drawn. We see Frankenfurter jump into Rocky's arms. That's the end. That's where we're going to end this episode. Yeah. yeah. Which is a good place to end, because that's where it ends on the stage show. Oh, that's look at that. I didn't even be. know that. We've just... Happy, happy accidents. As Bob Ross says, we're just here for some happy accidents. Oh. It's very Bob Ross. Very Bob Ross. Apparently, there's a Bob Ross energy drink out there. Is there? Yeah, I only know this wow. because of YouTube. <laughs> I was uh, 100% watching a video. I don't even remember what video it was, but uh, someone had a Bob Ross energy drink. So, Bob Just Ross has got an energy daddy. drink somewhere out there. Yeah. There's also, like, a really cool YouTube video um, out there, and I'll see if I can find it, but... If I can, I'll link it in the episode description, but I'm not sure if I can hunt it down. But I remember seeing something a while back where, like, someone went on a quest to, like, go figure out why you can't, like, buy Bob Ross paintings. It's interesting. Yeah. I don't remember what the outcome of the video was, but, like, you know. I do remember seeing this video. Like, it was, like, years ago that I've seen this video, so I don't know where I watched it or anything. I just remember watching this thing. It sounds like a very, like, YouTube culture back in 2015 to do that, though. It either it sounds very YouTube. It either was that or it was a legitimate documentary. <laughs> there was no, there's no in-between. It could have been, been a BBC documentary. Being yeah. like, there is, why can't you buy Bob Ross paintings? Yeah, and I don't remember if I watched that, like, just randomly on my own. Or if I watched it through an art class that I was taking. (laughs) Well, it has to be somewhere on the internet. I don't know. I'll I'll do some digging. I'll see what I can find. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way that wouldn't be on the internet. That would pique people's interest. People love Bob Ross. I know. He is a fascinating human. I saw a Bob (laughs) Ross Chia pet one time. Oh my god, the accuracy was amazing. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's where we're ending this episode of post finale. Cheyenne, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to chat about about this film? Not that I can think of. That we've gotten um, to. <laughs> the, uh, my only thought is, if people wanted to watch the stage show, okay, there is a link on YouTube to watch the proper musical version. Cool. Which I know I've sent to you. I think. Yeah, you sent it to me before we started recording, yeah. and I will make sure that I leave that yeah. in the episode description as when well. Because people can compare, yeah, if they like the movie or the stage show better. That Look, should after be a I finish <laughs> watching the movie, I might watch the stage show. It's it's better. <laughs> the stage show is better. 
Wonderful. <laughs> well, well, on that note, uh, <laughs> if people want to find you out in the world doing your amazing artwork and makeup, how do they follow you? How can they see what you're up to? Yeah, all on Instagram. If they want to follow my makeup journey, it's at ShabbyChic underscore MUA. And if they just want to follow me, it's at Shabby787. Wonderful. Well, Cheyenne, thank you so much for joining for this episode. Listeners, thank you so much for listening. And until next week when we have a new guest coming on, but still continuing to talk about Rocky Horror Picture Show, I'll catch you all later. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Post Finale. Post Finale is created, hosted, and produced by me, Ankit Madeira. Our editor is Pranav Nair. The art is by Jared Rother, and the music is by Ankit Madeira and Megan Hutchison. If you'd like to gain access to more bonus content, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash postfinale, signing up for any of the tiers. Any of the money that is made from Patreon goes directly back into the show and helps make this a better show for you, the listeners. If you'd like to help support the show in a non-monetary way, reach out to a friend and just be like, hey, I know you love movies or you need an excuse to watch more movies. Go check out this new podcast where an actor talks about his first time watching very popular films. It's all in good fun and silly. He doesn't know anything most of the time, but it's all in good fun and all lighthearted. But I think you would really enjoy it. It really does help out a lot and thank you to anyone who has done this or anyone who will do this in the future it really does mean a lot and be sure follow us on social media at post finale pod on instagram facebook or twitter some changes are coming to post finale here in the next couple weeks and i will be announcing them here in the next couple weeks so be sure follow us on any of the social media accounts to keep up to date on what's going on as i've been hinting some changes are coming and I should be announcing them in the next week or two, so be sure to follow us on those. But thank you so much for tuning into this episode. It really does mean a lot. And I hope you tune in to the next episode where we continue talking about the Rocky Horror Picture Show, but I have a new guest on, and I can't wait for you all to find out who that is. So until next time, I'll catch y'all later. Bye.